Hey, everybody. It's great to be with you today. Uh, as Dwayne said, I'm a part of a church called Echo Church in Silicon Valley. Uh, we started our church a little over 10 years ago. My wife, Stacy and I and three other families moved to the Bay Area with a vision of planting a church, uh, reaching people who are far from God, and in the process, uh, came in connection with Pastor Paul and Karen and the team here at Crossroads. And right before we started our church, uh, Pastor Paul said, hey, before you actually launch the church that God has called you to, what if you spent some time hanging out here at Crossroads and got to know our people? And we would send some of our people over to start the church with you. We'll give you finances. We'll pray for you. We'll invest in what God's called you to do. And that's the kind of heart that this church has had uh, for 24 years. That's Pastor Paul's heart. And when we started the church, literally dozens of people from Crossroads came over. You gave finances. You prayed for us. And today, our church is where we are because of you. So I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for your investment and just uh, honor you, those of you who sacrificed for the kingdom. And there are a lot of other churches in the Bay Area that have been impacted by the ministry of Crossroads, and we are so incredibly grateful. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of your words, the power of your words to shape both your life and the lives of other people around you. But I want to talk for a moment before we jump into the power of your words to think about words. Like when you hear the word word, there are things that come to mind. Now words are a very interesting subject to, to kind of think about. If you go to Google or YouTube, you can search words and a lot of interesting things will come up. I watch this one video online called Word Power. You guys ever seen Word Power videos? They t teach English or language or vocabulary and this lady comes on and she goes, hey, a is the first letter of the English language or the English, English alphabet. There are four, five, five vowels in the English alphabet. A, E, I, O, U. A is a letter. A is a word. When A is a word, A makes the sound ah, ah. Can we say it together? Ah, ah. Good job. Ah, it was, it was interesting. Now, words, words are powerful, though. And they, there, there are 171,146 words in the English dictionary, 47,136 words that are no longer in the dictionary that once were that are now obsolete words. And studies show that we use a certain number of words per day that, on average, women use about three times as many words as men, right? Um, men use about 20,000 words per day, and women use 7,000. Anybody testify to this in your household? This is the, the, the reality at home. My wife said, in your family, it's opposite. In our family, it's opposite. You guys, uh, she speaks more than, than I do, or I speak more than she does. Now, words, though, um, when you think about them, when you hear a word, something comes to mind. You, you, you visualize something in your mind, and then you verbalize it. So if I said to you, cow, you think of a cow. There's a cow, maybe a cow you saw driving up um, north or going down south in Central Valley. You saw a cow, and that, that, that image comes to your mind. If I said a purple cow, you think of maybe a children's book, a purple cow. Or if I said a name like John, maybe you know a John. Or said a Sarah, you think of a Sarah, or an Ali, or you know a Mammut, or whatever. Somebody comes to mind when you hear different different names, and um, maybe when you hear the name Dwayne, there's somebody that comes to mind. Maybe you have a friend named Dwayne. Maybe you have somebody in your life who's influenced you named Dwayne. Maybe you know a movie star named Dwayne. But maybe when you think of the word Dwayne, something like this comes to mind right here. Um, so. Words have power. Words, words conjure up images and words shape your life. 
And there are a lot of other words. You can take the picture down. That's a little intimidating. <laughs> um, there are a lot of other words, though, that they carry such significance. When you hear words like worthless and meaningless or maybe exhausted or pointless, there, there's something that comes to mind. And then you hear a word like happy, peaceful, or purposeful. Words conjure up images and emotions inside of us. And what I've noticed oftentimes when it comes to our desire for change, for our lives to be different, it's very much the case that so often in our lives we want things to change and be different, but we don't adjust our words. And I want to talk today about how your words are either providing for you blockage or leverage. The words that you have spoken over the last week are either blocking the things that God wants to do in your life or they are giving you leverage. And we want to get on the right side of it. So the notes, if you have them, you can pull them out. The big idea for today is if you change your words, you will change your life. If you change your words, you will change your life. If there is an area of your life that you don't like, whether it's physical fitness or your marriage or your finances or your relationship with God, chances are there are words that are being spoken over that area of your life that are placing you where you are right now. And if we're going to experience true transformation, we have to cooperate with the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to change the way that we speak. On your sheet, you'll see there, um, we're going to journey through James chapter 3 today. Or you can also pull out a Bible or it will be on the screens. And we're going to look for a few moments at um, some of the things that James would say about the power of words. Now, let's stop for a moment and think about where this is coming from, though. Now, James, who writes these particular verses we're going to look at today, is the earthly brother of Jesus. Now, maybe you had a brother growing up who was like an overachiever and always said the right thing. But imagine the complex that James must have walked around with. Like, why can't you just be a little bit more like Jesus, James? I mean, I mean you, he, he always says the right thing. So James understood. In fact, if you could think about just for a moment um, different examples of what might be the proof that God actually does exist. I mean, if, if you can convince your brother that you are God, think about that for a second. Either you are God or you both are crazy. And, and James had become convinced that Jesus was Lord, and he writes to reflect on the impact of the ministry of Jesus. And in James chapter 3, he talks about the power of words. He says this, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Now he's saying that there's a higher standard. When we teach, when we lead, we're called to live at a higher standard with our words, with our attitude, with our heart, with our character. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. James is saying that the, heart, that, that the tongue is very hard to tame. It's oftentimes the last thing that we get control of. I've watched in ministry now for 20 years. I've seen so many people, it's easier to get control of their sexuality than it is to get control of their mouth. There's just something with our tongues. There's something that happens inside of us. Words come, words that we didn't expect, four-letter words from within, and they come in a moment. You're on 880, you're stuck going south, and there is that word, or there is that finger once again, and you feel it from within. I remember um, watching my, my grandma and my dad growing up. So my grandma was like this short butterball of a R Romanian woman, and she was real sweet. She always had chocolate chip cookies, oatmeal chocolate chip cookies at her house. 
And I remember going over her house many times, but every once in a while, she'd click into it another gear. And one of the grandkids would say or do something they shouldn't do, and she would just walk around and start damning things. I mean, she would just damn everything she came into contact, and there was always an it at the end of it. And I watched her, um, and then I saw my dad do the exact same thing. And then I said, I'll never do it. And then I had kids. And then there's that word. It just is there. It's there. So I'm, I'm, this is church, right? It's okay to be honest. I asked Dwayne for permission. He said, as long as I don't damn you, I could tell you that. Uh, but there's, there's something inside of us that these, these words that when we're under pressure come out. And James says that it, the tongue is so hard to tame. Yet it provides within it leverage and blockage. And he's going to go through the power of the tongue. And I want us to notice three specific powers that he talk about, talks about that come from our mouths. He says this, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by the means of a small bit inside of its mouth. He's saying that you think about a little piece of metal that's stuck inside of a horse's mouth and with one little shift can change the direction. And then he continues his thought. He says, a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go even though the winds are very strong. So if you've ever been on a cruise ship or maybe you're in the military or navy and you're on a battleship and this little small piece of metal, again, changes the entire direction or trajectory of a ship. I was on an airplane this week and flying home to Michigan where I grew up for my mom's 60th birthday. And I'm sitting there on the airplane and thinking about that rudder at the back that many of you have heard before. So often, such a high percentage of a flight, an airplane, is a little bit off of its destination. But that, that rudder is at the back, constantly bringing that airplane back into alignment to reach the right destination. He says that a pilot chooses to go based upon that rudder and redirects the, the, the ship. And the first image or the first power that words hold is the power to direct that words have the power to direct the course of your life, to direct the course of other people's lives. And right now, you are where you are in many ways because of the words that both you and others have spoken over your life. Maybe there was an image that was drilled down into you when you were a child, something that a parent or a coach said to you or about you, and you couldn't get that image out of your mind that those words directed you. And wherever you went, you heard that word or you heard that language spoken over you. James is saying that's what words do. They, they direct the course of our lives. Your life is heading in the direction of your words. And with your words, you can change the direction of your life. And with your words, you can change the direction of somebody else's life. I remember um, when we were processing the call to plant Echo Church. We had flown here, my wife and I, Stacy, we, we'd come out for a vision trip. And there was an organization that wanted to plant a church in Oakland. So we landed at the Oakland airport. We got into a car and we're traveling. And by the time we got there, I knew God was not leading us to plant a church in Oakland primarily because... I just couldn't stand the thought of my kids being Raiders fans. Um, just thought I would mention that. Where are all the Niners fans? Too close to Oakland. Um, and I just remember in that moment being very discouraged over the next day or so because it wasn't, that wasn't the place that God was calling us to plant the church. And so we had this, this appointment on our calendar the next day, it was with Pastor Paul McGovern from Crossroads Church. I hadn't met him yet. And Stacy and I went and sat down for lunch with him. And we were really at this point contemplating whether or not we should even 
plant Echo Church and move to the Bay Area. We sat down and had this conversation. And Pastor Paul said, I see in you, I see a calling, I see God's hand on your life. There is a place for somebody like the two of you here in the Bay Area, and I believe that God can make it happen, and I'm willing to help you. And that one conversation changed the trajectory of our lives. Had Paul not said those words over us, I wonder if we had even would have started our church. And it's amazing to think about every conversation that you're in with somebody else that you are shaping both your life and their life with your words. And I wonder if you would reflect on this question based on last week's words, what kind of life will you be living 10 years from now? If you think about the words that you've spoken just over the last seven days of your life, if those words played out over the next decade, where would you be? Some of us would be broke. Some of us would have 20 extra pounds. Some of us would not have a marriage anymore. Our kids would end up broke. All because of the words that we've spoken over the last week of our lives. So if you don't like the destination that you're at right now, in order to change the destination in the future, you have to start changing your words today and start speaking words of life, start speaking words of hope, speaking over your marriage and over your children and over your career, the kind of words that align with the heart of God. James says, if you want to change the trajectory of a ship, you change the rudder. If you want to change the trajectory of your life, you've got to change your words, the power to direct. But there's another power that he talks about next. He said in the same way that the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Now all of us have heard speeches in our lives that moved us. I think about the image of Martin Luther King Jr. standing in Washington DC and saying, I have a dream. He would drill down into this vision that God had placed into his heart. I've sat on the couch multiple times with my son who's adopted from Ethiopia and showed him that, that video over and over and over again, praying that God would spark that vision in his heart and in the hearts of my other children. And that, that, those phrases that now every time you hear, I have a dream, you're moved, you're inspired to do something with your life. That's what James says words can do. You can speak and you can make a difference in the lives of others. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body, and it can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. James, James is saying that words, they're, they're like a domino that move things forward, and the second power that he's talking about is the power to create, that with your words, you are creating you're creating a family, you're creating an environment at your place of work, you're creating an image in the lives of your children of how they see themselves when they look into a mirror, your words are creating. And everything that you are today is because of words. I mean, you think about humanity and all of creation, that the God of the universe, everything that existed, exists in the created world, exists because God spoke it into existence. God spoke and it became. God spoke and light happened. And God spoke and all the fish of the sea were created. And you and I, his most prized possession is humanity. God made us in his image through a spoken word. Words have the power to create. And when we take our words and we align them with the word of God, with the things that scripture says, there is great power in our words to create reality around us that aligns with the kingdom of God. 
You can change your marriage by changing your words and create an environment at home. You can change your words and create an environment in your business. And I remember one time sitting in a worship service at a leadership conference. There was a pastor who stood on a stage and he started talking about this idea of an Acts 2 church. And he gave a vision. He said, one time there was a church where broken people were made whole, where nobody was left out where nobody who was hurting financially wasn't taken care of. It was a place where lost people would be found. It was a place where, where love and acceptance abounded. It was a place where people could come and their lives were transformed. And he, he began to share this vision. And I remember sitting in this worship service and God started stirring inside of me this vision that God created a vision out of his words. And when you look at Crossroads Church and you think 24 years ago when God put a vision in Paul's heart and how many times he stood on the stage and said, what if we could be that kind of church? How our lives have been impacted by one man or by a family or by a team of people who spoke over our lives. Words have the power to create. So my question is, um, what is it that God is calling you to create with your words? What is the kind of business or family or marriage that God is calling you to create. Some of us, God is calling us to create a place at work. When people show up on Monday morning, there's somebody who's excited to see them. It's a place where they look forward to going to. Maybe for you, God is calling you to host a group this fall, a small group, and open up your home and with your words to love on people and to make a difference. It's amazing how one person can change an entire environment. We used to have this guy who served on our next-gen team at our church with, with children. It's called Be uh, Echo Kids at our church. And um, I would go down and kind of greet all the volunteers. And every time I would see him on Sunday morning before the first service, I would be like, how you doing, man? He's like, oh, I'm tired. You guys know anybody like this? Oh, I'm tired. I'm just tired. So I thought it was just like one Sunday, right? So I went down like the next Sunday. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm tired, man. I'm just tired. So I did this like four or five weeks. I'm like, brother, you, you need to like work the later service and get more sleep on Saturday night and come in here and be excited about serving on this team. And it's amazing how when you start speaking life in an environment, the whole team begins to change. One of our campuses, there was really a spirit of negativity, and we, we, we sent a new leader over there, a guy by the name of David Hibiski, who's like Jesus meets caffeine and speed. I mean, he is just energy. And every time you see him, there's life. And within a period of about six to eight weeks, the, ho the whole environment began to shift because of his words. It created a new environment. And something happens inside of a, a church or a community when people truly do believe that they can create joy, they can create peace, they can create an environment of hope. We're not a thermometer, we're a thermostat. We have the ability to change an environment with our words. So try it tomorrow morning. Even if you don't feel like being there at work, when somebody sees you, just say, this is the day the Lord, well, maybe don't say this, but say, man, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be at this place of work. I'm so glad I have a job. Instead of cursing your job, thank God that you have a job. Instead of, cur instead of cursing 880, thank God for your car. And start praying for all the people around you. It's amazing how your words are creating in you a response and in others. What is God calling you to create with your words? That's the second type of power. Now James is going to finish with one more power. And I want us to notice this. He says people can tame 
all kinds of animals. Now, this is not true for my wife and I. Every, every dog we've ever had in 16 years of marriage is like possessed by a demon. So he's talking about the rest of you who can tame your animals. He says, um, animals and birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's, a restless, it's restless and evil. It's full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who've been made in the image of God. This is the, the dad who's slapping his kids on the way to church and gets in here. Like, what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful... It's amazing, the power of the tongue, cursing and blessing. Sometimes even just in moments, James is saying. And watch his last statement. He says, surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. God has given you a mouth, God has given you words, and he wants to use your words to build up, he wants to use your words, this third type of power is to use your words to bless. And you, when you come into a room, you are speaking, when you look in a mirror, you are speaking, when you sit down at the end of the day, you are speaking to yourself, and the question is, are you speaking blessing or are you speaking curses over your life? And some of us, we have a hard time bringing the blessing into the lives of others because we're always cursing ourselves. Because the words that we're speaking over ourselves are of words of death, words of shame, words of insignificance. And what James is saying is what God wants to unleash through your life is a life of blessing. What he wants to use your tongue to do is to go into environments and to bring the blessing. There was an experiment done by a doctor in Japan, and he took a couple of cans of rice and dropped them in these big glass jars, and he started speaking to them. In one jar, he would speak every day, and he would say, I love you, I love you, thank you, rice, thank you. In the other jar, he'd speak to it, and he'd say, I hate you, I hate you, rice, Every day for 30 days, he would go back and forth and he would speak to the rice. And at the end of 30 days, this is what it looked like here. The one on the left with love was like you could still eat it. The one on the right was all full of mold and nasty. Now, I don't know about rice. It's a little bit weird. But one thing I do know is I know that people, when you speak life and blessing, it changes things. And what if for 30 days, what if you would begin to speak blessing? over your spouse? What if every time you walk through the door at the end of the day, you would speak life into your children? Imagine the difference that could be made in your home simply by being the kind of person that would bring the blessing wherever you go. Numbers chapter 6 in the Old Testament, there was this idea in Jewish culture of the blessing. And the priests, when they would come into the presence of people, the scripture says that God said to them, when you speak, Speak as though you are speaking on behalf of the Lord and bring the blessing. And the blessing would go like this. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance towards you and give you peace and give you his favor. And the scripture says that whenever you bring the blessing, it is as if the Lord Almighty is blessing through your words. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, we have power with our words to bring the blessing, to change the way that people see themselves so that when they look in the mirror, they do see 
chosen by God, made in the image of Almighty. They see themselves the way that God sees them, simply because of our words of blessing. And today, when we begin to look back at all the events that have happened over the course of the last week, imagine for these three men last week who walked into different environments and started shooting people, imagine if there had been somebody along the way that would have spoke the blessing over their life. I so vividly remember a conversation I had that changed my life. One, one conversation with one person. Rusty Gailey was my youth leader in middle school, and I'm so grateful for all of the people who invest in the next generation because my life was so changed by a few people. I was about 11 or 12 years old. My parents were going through this horrible divorce, and there was a lot happening at home. And all of the kids at school, they'd make fun of me. They'd pound on their table, call me names. But church was different. And I remember saying to one of my friends, hey, come to church with me because I'm popular at church. <laughs> and the reason I thought I was popular is because people knew my name. And every time I would walk in, Rusty would say, hey, Andy, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so, it's so good to see you. And on one particular trip, we went away with all the eighth graders, and Rusty said after one of our meetings, he said, hey, Andy, I want to go outside and have a conversation. So we walked outside, we sat down at the edge of the hotel where we were staying, and he said, I want to just speak into your life for a moment. I want you to know I see in you a calling. I can see the hand of God on your life. I believe that God wants to use you to do great things. And that, that one conversation, it was 30 minutes of Rusty's evening, and it changed my entire life. Decades later, I'm still thinking about that. That's the power of words to bring blessing. And God wants to use you to be the kind of person that blesses those around you. I want to invite the band to come out as we wrap up our time together. And I want you to think about this just for a moment with me about the power. If every person at Crossroads Church were truly to become the kind of person that would bring the blessing, what could happen? There are about 750 people in this church. If every day this week, instead of standing in the line at Starbucks and checking our email or being frustrated that we're not getting our latte faster enough, if, if, if one time each day you brought the blessing, you went to work, you came home, that would be 750 blessings in one day in our community. If we did this every day this week, this would be 5,250 blessings in one week in the community. And if we did this for a full year, this would be 1,916,250 blessings in our community in one year. Could you imagine the power of that? Could you imagine what could happen in a community if every person from this church were to believe that they could become the kind of person that would bring blessing no matter where they go? And I believe that there are some of us who are here today that God wants to change the words that you've been speaking over yourself, that there is a word in your mind today that you see an image. Maybe for some of you, it is worthless. Maybe for some of you, it's that you'll never measure up. Maybe for some of you, there's a, something that happened when you were small. You were abused by a family member or a friend. And what God is wanting to do is to speak into you today that you are chosen, that you are holy, that you are loved. And if it were just for one person, that the Father would still send his son to be crucified on a cross so that you could be liberated by the grace of God. And to 
today, there is a cross that declares the love of God over you. And there is an empty tomb that declares that there is hope for you today. And now by the power of God, through your words, you can realign your life, that you are chosen, called, holy, that the same spirit of God that conquered the grave lives in you, that there is power, that you have everything that you need for life and godliness right now, that when you and I begin to speak these words over our lives, things begin to shift, things begin to change in marriages, things begin to change in children and grandchildren, that there has been cursing over your life, over grandparents, parents for generations, maybe four, five, six, seven generations of alcoholics and addictions, and God is saying, you're not an addict anymore. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law, the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death, so now you're going to change it, and there's going to be a son or a grandson or a granddaughter that's coming out of your lineage. There are going to be people who are attorneys and doctors and lawyers and preachers and missionaries that are coming out of your family, and you're going to be the matriarch. You're going to be the patriarch that believed it, that put a stake in the ground and said, I'm going to stand and I'm going to speak the word of God over my life. I'm going to speak the word of God over my children's lives, over my grandkids' lives. I'm going to, I'm going to go to work on Monday morning, and when I enter in, I'm going to, when the spirit of God, the spirit of God's coming with me, and I'm going to change my place of work. People's heads are down. They feel like we're losing money. There's no more, there's no more purpose here. I'm going to change that. When I come to church on Sunday morning, I'm going to be excited, and I'm going to say, this is the day the Lord has made. This is somebody's first Sunday in church. They're going to be people who encounter the love of Jesus. Their eternities are changed today. That's the kind of person I'm going to become. That's what I'm believing for you today. So if you receive it today, I invite you right now just to, just to respond. Father, we're grateful that you are a God who changes things with words. We're grateful for the words of heaven. We're grateful that there is power and purpose in your word. And we pray, God, that we would not believe the lies of the enemy that have been spoken over our lives anymore, but that by the power of your word, we would see ourselves the way that you see us, and that we would become the kind of people that, that shift environments with our words, that we would become the kind of people that change businesses and communities with, with the words that we speak. God, thank you that you take ordinary people, broken people like us, and you change the trajectory, that even the wind and waves listen to your voice, that death could not stand in your way, that you, you speak life, that you've conquered the grave, and by the power of our tongue, we can align with your words. So even now, there are some of you who are here, and God is stirring something deep within you, and the word of God to you today is to receive salvation, to open your heart to him for the very first time. I want to encourage you right now, if that's you, to respond to the Spirit of God that is stirring within you. Jesus was crucified on a cross, dead, buried, resurrected, so that you can have life. And God says to you today, I love you. I made you. I know you, and I want you. I want to bless you today. And if you'll surrender to me, I will. So just invite him right now in this moment to, to come in. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on a cross for my sins. I believe you conquered the grave and I surrender my life to you. And in this moment, he'll make you new. Others of you today, there's a word that God wants to give to you. Ask him for a new word to be spoken over your life. Ask him for a new vision of, of who you can become, of what he's called you to redirect. Maybe it's to change the direction of your career. Maybe it's to change the direction of your ministry. What is he calling you to create today? And he's calling you to bless 
And let him today, even hold the Holy Spirit, bring to mind an area that he wants you to bless. And for 30 days, maybe even you'll make a commitment right now in this moment to bless your marriage, to bless your children, to bless even people around you in your group at church or on your team or in your business that you're going to bring the blessing. Oh God, thank you. Thank you that you have brought the blessing over our lives and that there is hope. And may we become the kind of people that change, change environments, that our lives would change and recognize with our words how we have the power to change both our lives and the lives of others. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.